Hi. Hi. Welcome to another Film Critters Processes. Film Critters Processes. Here we are. Um, yeah. Welcome to November, everybody. Welcome to Joe Biden's America. We are here to talk about something that's um, a little bit of a late Halloween present, a little bit of a late Halloween gift. To be uh, fair, to... It, it, it did not hit Netflix until uh, like Halloween Eve. Yeah. <laughs> so so we we didn't even know about it until like a week ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 um yep yeah, we're talking about his house uh which is you might have heard about it it is a really uh a really buzzworthy it's a, it's a, it's getting all the buzz on the blogs uh it's 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 a horror film but get this it's also about uh modern day things that you might have seen on the news yeah no it's a... <laughs> uh, which is which is Absolutely how Netflix is trying to sell it, uh, but it's actually, like, way better than just, like, a buzzworthy horror film. <laughs> yeah, I think that some of the some of the Netflix, like, branding and, and their, their kind of advertising of it is a little bit, um, do- doesn't really lend to how good this movie actually is and makes it seem maybe not really corny, I, I don't necessarily want to say, but just a, it makes it seem a little bit more sanitized than it actually is. Some um, of the promotional material I was seeing straight up just made it look like a Babadook movie, which is why yeah. I like originally was like, eh, I don't know if I want to watch that. But then I think you and Mia said that it was actually like a really good haunted house film. And I was like, oh, OK. Yes. Well, if it was Babadook, you, you wouldn't be telling me that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, to kind of just, uh, you know, to springboard right into the the conversation. Uh, yeah, what did you think of the movie, Jay? Uh, I liked it. I, I I thought it was a very well-constructed uh, haunted house story. Um, and I enjoy people realizing that, like, oh, uh, a way to, like, inject something fresh into these kinds of, like, genre pictures is... To not necessarily overthink it, uh, but to just literally be like, okay, what if instead of it, what if it's not just another story of like an upper middle class family moves into a house in the middle of the woods, yeah, and then they're like, we got a great bargain on this place. I don't know why, <laughs> and then it turns out it's like, oh, because a murder happened here, or because your wife has a a, a death curse on her, because uh, it did. I, I'm glad to see that people are realizing you can make haunted house movies that aren't just like another variation of the Amityville horror. Yeah, what if a horror movie is not about a white family moving into a Frank Lloyd Wright house uh, that is worth twenty million dollars? Uh, what if it's just not about that? There's some yeah. some of them, maybe maybe some of them, maybe at least one of them at some point can be about something that is not that. And thankfully, what, what if there's have... a motivation for them to not leave the house that isn't just well. I mean, I really like this house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what What if they like just can't move away from the house? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So this this movie, I, I, I this might be. I I really really like this movie. This may be my favorite of twenty twenty so far. Oh, um, that's which, high praise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, uh, you know, I'd have to I'd have to think about it a little bit more. But but I think that my my big thing um especially in in kind of relation to this movie is is that uh i i think that horror is in kind of a place right now where it's uh the genre is kind of confronting itself and like what what its own trappings are about and it's just being a lot more upfront about being about trauma 
And this movie is 100% about trauma. This is like the trauma horror film. That this, this movie represents a lot of horror films that I wanted to exist. For one, it's not about the things that I just said. It's not about like a white family living in a fucking huge house. Uh, secondly... It is not, uh, it's, it's like a really good, like things living in the walls type of horror, which is a specific thing that I've kind of been waiting for. Uh, and mo most importantly, it's kind of a meditation. It, it's like a trauma meditation that like goes really, really deep on its metaphors and explores them in so, so many different ways that are all, uh, just really interesting and beautiful. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot to, there's a lot to unpack about this movie because it's really extremely dense, actually. I, and I think before we start to unpack it, I think a thing that, uh, I really liked about it to kind of like also put a, put a hang on that, but this is going to be pretty spoilerly. Uh, yeah, I will yeah. say the film is worth watching. Um, and there's a pretty, there's a pretty big late, late film reveal Yes. Uh, or late real late film thing that happens that we're going to talk about that I think is worth yeah. experiencing completely blind. So if you were on the fence about this, I would say pause this, go watch it. It's like a quick ninety minute film. It flies right, it fl flies right on by. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's a the brisk thing that really, movie. Really works for this film is like a mediation on trauma. Is that it doesn't do the thing that like prestige horror air quotes does a lot that I uh, kind of hate, which is it it doesn't make everything the metaphor about trauma so there is a there the film is like yeah these ghosts and the witch and whatnot are all like symbolic of these things but also there is literally like a witch <laughs> <laughs> there's there's literally ghosts like these things are like actually literally happening and the logic of the film progresses as if these things are actually literally happening and isn't just like oh well in this scene they have to react this way because it's a metaphor for them letting go of their trauma and it does work like that but it is also like it's progressing in this way because it's her realizing oh i need to kill this witch or my husband is gonna fucking die <laughs> yeah yeah well it's interesting that you kind of say that because there's a quote i mean like we throw we throw artistic intent out of the window uh, on this podcast, and and as as everybody should, death of the author forever. Um, I I was doing like a, just a little bit of quick research before we sat down to record, and the director does have a quote about how like in his mind, and of course I I also kind of agree with Jay, where like I I don't think that the director's intent necessarily like, or rather I I think it's cool context, but I think it doesn't really change how I feel about the movie where. In the director's mind, uh, the witch and, like, the paranormal stuff is, like, kind of not real, or it's, like, real in the sense that, like, it is, it exists in this, like, weird liminal space uh, between real and not real, where it's just, like, so effective as, like, a metaphor for trauma that it, like, it, it, it has, it, it, it functionally has the same effects as, like, what trauma does and would do. Um, for example, I, I also just really like how the house itself is kind of a metaphor for their mental state where they immediately bull immediately uh the the male character is kind of like tearing apart the wallpaper and is like renovating and like breaking the drywall and it's like completely fucking destroyed halfway through the movie uh and uh like by the end of the movie they've like patched it up which is you know kind of hints toward healing and you know emotional uh emotional healing and stuff 
yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just, I just think that that stuff's really, I mean, it's, it's interesting to think about if, but it also doesn't really affect like the content of the movie for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's, 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 and it can work on that like metaphorical like le- level as well. And like, it it's as in all horror films, there is always the question of like, what is real and what isn't. Yeah, yeah, but absolutely. I, I, I like that it's not like we, we talked about Relic earlier this year, too, where I was like, there's a lot of things in Relic where it's like, well, why does this scene play out this way? Why does the actor say this? And it's because, well, because the 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 scary thing is actually a metaphor. And so the movie has to progress like that. Or the classic example of Babadook, where it's like Babadook is a metaphor for her depression. So at the end of the film, she uh keeps it in her basement and feeds it food and it gets a little more easier to deal with every day kind of like uh postpartum depression is uh (laughs) but it's like okay so she's keeping a literal ghoul in her basement then is what you're telling me (laughs) (laughs) like this is like you were you were showing me that she's keeping a a literal ghoul in her basement and the metaphor kind of like falls apart there when you're trying to make it into like an actual thing whereas in his house it being a question of whether or not it's not real doesn't change the like rules of how it plays out. Like it still very much so plays out like as if it is just a ghost or a witch, even if it's like symbolically there being haunted by a, a, a witch. Yeah. The stakes are high no matter what. Like this, there, you you witness this like fraying relationship and the and these like mental health attacks and uh, all of this stuff that like, if it's if it's real or it's, if it's not real, it doesn't matter. Uh, but what's in what's in your head absolutely does matter, um, which is just uh, a really a really good guiding ethos for a horror film to to kind of have. I feel like, and that's something that I've been. Spe- that is a very specific aspect of horror movies that I've been waiting for for a really long time. It it also works really well too, then, because it's like them not being really believed about what's going on, also works. Because it's like, even it's just like a symbolic thing of what's going on. It's like, okay, these are refugees. You know that they're probably going to have like some pretty severe PTSD, but it's like, there's no recognition that like, hey, you know, maybe he's overreacting and tearing holes in his walls. And maybe uh, his wife is having this like weird, like supernatural, like paranoia belief about a witch uh, and wearing their bedsheets. Because they literally just escaped a war. <laughs> yeah. And then we're like immediately thrown into a completely new environment and be basically told, well, assimilate, you're not allowed to get a job or have friends over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The, the two things that would make it most easy for you to actually develop a relationship to your new country that you're living in, working or having like friends over, you're not allowed to do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all of that stuff is so uh it's 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 so effective and it's so um it 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 creates just such a such a like crushing sort of environment uh for them. They definitely like all of their interactions with like people in public are also just like really 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 isolating and and just really further the sort of like effects of their trauma. Um there's like the teens that kind of like fuck with uh the wife i was really uh knocked on my ass by uh matt smith the fucking doctor who guy playing like a a, a racist like oh god that's who he was i was trying to figure out <laughs> yeah, yeah. how i recognized him 
Yeah, yeah, he was like one of he was like one of the Doctor Who's, I think, or or maybe he, he wasn't. I don't I don't fucking know. I'm I'm not on Tumblr like that. But uh, yeah, he he him being in this movie is really really is really really fantastic as like as kind of like a shithead too. He 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 works really well as this like nominally racist as well, but there's also like all of the caseworkers and all of the people they interact with function on the same rules as the witch uh yeah. the night witch which is that it's like it doesn't matter if you appeal to them or not they just have rules that are completely like detached from any humanity of the people involved in this situation and it's like either you follow the rules and you get what we say you're gonna get or you don't and you are punished for it because yeah. the night witch basically gives them the offer of like kill your husband and I'll bring your daughter back uh, and stop haunting you. And then the bureaucracy is, you know, there's like that line early on where it's like, it doesn't matter if you impress me. Y- it just matters if you like, you know, if you hit, if you hit our checkpoints on our reports, like yeah. all of these, all of these people are deferring to some higher power and not really taking like responsibility for the fact that like they themselves are the ones that like are the conduits for this power to be expressed on these people much like how the witch is isn't really like you know the witch isn't like oh i'll cut you a break (laughs) (laughs) it's just like sorry god put a curse on you this is what you got to do or the curse gets (laughs) you yeah yeah A, a really strong feeling of just like you have no choice you know you you have to a, a kind of a, kind of an adapt or die kind of thing coming from both directions uh which is really which is really rough really difficult um and and represents like the the internal tensions of both characters like so effectively just like how they both respond to those two pressures like bull leaning more towards trying to cater to the like assimilationist like values in yeah. a kind of like clumsy, clumsy way of just like literally just like imitating their mannerisms, like being like, oh, well, we clearly we just need to act like them. Mm-hmm. And Real kind of going in the opposite direction of just like the complete hopelessness and like, we're not going to be able to do this anyway. We're like completely screwed. They're going to kick us out anyway. We might as well embrace it and like try to accept the fact that we're we are going to die and or be sent back home to die. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, just the 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 interplay of their kind of dynamics. And I think Rial is just such an incredible character because she she absolutely like her her rejection of the sort of assimilationist thing uh kind of becomes a plot element almost where she's like telling the she's like telling these like white uh immigration officers about the about the night witch that is haunting them and like there's the great line at the end of the movie where she's like Oh yeah, no, like we were haunted by like a night witch and um you know, it, it wanted my husband to die, uh but uh, I killed it. And and Matt Smith is just kind of like All right. <laughs> it's it's such a cute scene honestly cuz I love that he's like he's like, "Oh, it's like my sister's not too bad." Ed Bull's just like, "Maybe I maybe I overreacted a little bit." And then he's just like, "So, did you guys uh still think you're being haunted by a witch?" And it's just like, "No, I killed it." And he's just like <laughs> All right, good. And like, it, it's like it's just like the same way in which the bureaucracy works. Where he's like, that's not a cause for concern for him at all. He's just like, well, that just means I can take that off your file. Good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not gonna yeah. investigate that. Co- not gonna investigate that claim any further. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> that's like that's 
That just means I can take that off your file. <laughs> and it's it's just such an amazing scene too because you see you see all of it from their perspective and you can see how like Matt Smith's character would have every reason to just be like to just fucking talk down to them about it and to just be like, well, well, what are you talking about? Oh, fucking witch, you fucking crazy people. Oh, go back to your fucking country or whatever. But like it, what, what they are saying, not only is it, is it true in the narrative of, of the film, but it's like more, it's more descriptive of like what they're going through uh, just from a kind of like metaphorical spiritual perspective. And, and it's just, I don't know. You, you, it 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 really forces the viewer to be like, yeah, no, fuck, fucking, she killed the fucking witch. I also really enjoy because you had mentioned the teens that fuck with her earlier in the film. They're they're the ones who like literally specifically have the line where they straight up tell her to go back to Africa. And there's yeah. like a there's like a specific casting detail in the interactions where um there there are three black teens and it works so it's like a it's obvious that she she sees them and she's like, oh, I can. I feel more comfortable approaching them because we are, we are alike. So they will understand it. And it's like the film just being like, no xenophobia is like way more complex like, is much more complex yeah. than the way it feels where it's like, these teens are like born and raised fully assimilated Brits. So they are also going to be racist and xenophobic to you. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, because like that, the that is, that is how xenophobia works is that is like, they, they view themselves as the in group and they view you as the out group. And like, even in a situation where you feel safe, like that can crop up. Yeah, the sort of assimilationist kind of perspective, creating this like constant ladder of like in group, out group shit, uh, is just fucking universal, dude. It's which sucks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no that that's a that's a very that's a very real scene um, where they're, it's just kind of like the whole country that they've moved to is against them. Um, yeah. The other the other the other way that I feel like this movie kind of hits its mark is just in <laughs> this is going to sound really weird and crazy um but the the movie hits its mark really well by just being really good <laughs> uh and what I what I specifically mean by that is that uh the the set pieces are all extremely oh. well realized uh the pacing is like almost the pacing is practically perfect uh from my perspective uh and all all of the images are just like really beautiful and powerful and artful and like just fucking cool and uh, like I, unsettling like the visual design yeah. for like the scare scenes are like incredible <laughs> yeah the movie it does an incredible job of kind of straddling the line because it it, it almost becomes too much because there are so many scenes in this movie that are so CGI dependent. Uh, and, and like, there's people, there's like dead bodies rising out of the ocean. Uh, but the thing, the thing about it is like, they, they got the right people to do those scenes. Like, the, like they did a good job about it is kind of the thing. Uh, so it, so it fucking works. Some, somehow, miraculously, it works. The, the uh, shot of their daughter, like, rising out of the ocean after Bull is like, images can't hurt me, like, do your worst, and it's her, and she opens her mouth, and, like, sea life, like, tentacles and stuff are just pouring out while he's screaming. Yeah. He's like, such a good visual horror scene. Like, that is, like, like that scene is, like, burned in my brain because it's, like, perfectly paced the way it cuts to, like, his reaction just before it starts and then mm -hmm. right after it cuts to it, like, kind of in the middle of, like, 
of like a, of basically some sort of like tentacled monster coming out of her mouth is like oh it's 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 yeah it, the movie works because it is just a well constructed horror film like it is it it is focusing on being a horror film that uses like all these metaphors and this imagery and this like political commentary to enhance it rather than like oh well good horror is when it's a metaphor yeah yeah absolutely like that's the other thing about this movie fucking scary (laughs) yeah (laughs) when is the last time you watched a scary horror movie i don't even know if i mean like maybe hereditary hereditary had some really 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 scary shit in it i I don't know maybe that's the last time i was scared by a movie but like this one scared me like there's a lot of (laughs) there's a lot of just freaky fucking moments in it there's the there's the the like apple or the orange or whatever that rolls into the crack in the wall and you're just hearing all this whispering and you and the camera just pans up to Riel's like horrified face. Oh, so good. Or or the uh, the scene when Bull like first discovers like the weird hole in the wall and he's pulling. Just the the setup of it of the wallpaper, like a single strip of wallpaper peeling, but then peeling like 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 peeling in the way where it's like oh the wallpaper's coming down but then it just completely descends off the wall in like such an unnatural way yeah like that's great and then the rope he's pulling out of it that's just going on for like way too long has this like visceral like almost like he's Ugh. pulling veins out of something like oh it's like there's yeah. so many just like great like visceral imagery that like plays both to the characters like traumas and also just kind of plays to like the, the the sort of unconscious things of things that are unsettling to you. Yeah, absolutely. And there's there's just as many things like that as there are things that are just kind of like uh, representative of this like ambient horror or kind of unease. Like I don't know. I I like there's the scene later where um Rial has this kind of uh flashback to or actually it's not really a flashback it's kind of more like a dream sequence where she's uh inside of this classroom which the movie later reveals is like a classroom where all of these people were gunned down and real like was the only one to escape out of out of all of these out of all of these women literally just because she was hiding like in a in like a cabinet yeah 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 uh but there's just this ghostly sort of feeling to all the scenes where she's interacting with them uh because like one of the characters is kind of like talking to her but you never see her mouth move uh and it's just kind of it's not it's it's it it kind of this movie really like operates really well in the space between things that are scary and things that are fucking sad which is Uh. a point which is a point made by all of the scenes of like the south sudanese like civil war stuff uh, that is just like all of the sort of expositional scenes that are like, here's the trauma they have. Uh, and this is uh, similarly to like, when's the last time you saw a horror film that, that scared you? When was the last time you saw a film that had a, a twist or like a reveal that you actually did not see coming and that like actually like blew your fucking mind? Uh, yeah. And this film has that. So this is where we're getting into the spoiler uh, in those scenes where it's revealed, like sort of like what had gone down, like, like basically like everything that led up to their leave um, when she's with those women in this sort of like dream sequence flashback moment, she asks where her daughter is and they just respond daughter. And then it's revealed that they don't have a daughter. Yeah. 
And that the the young girl whom died, whom drowned when they were fleeing Sudan and ended up in the UK was not their daughter. It was a young girl that they essentially kidnapped to claim as their daughter so that they could get on the refugee bus. Yeah, it's... And so it adds such a such a huge layer of like guilt to them because you now it makes like so clear like why Bull's in such denial in the way he is and why Real is in such the denial that she is is because it's not just oh our daughter died we lost our daughter it's we kidnapped someone else's daughter yeah. watched watched that woman scream that woman probably was murdered because we took her daughter like, because she was alone yeah uh. And then we didn't even keep her safe. Like we didn't even keep this woman's daughter safe. We 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 lied to ourselves and made ourselves believe that we would raise this girl as our daughter, and we couldn't even keep her safe long enough to get out of the country. Yeah, it's fucking heartbreaking. <laughs> it's it's such a it's like legitimately was like one of the few times I've seen a movie where like a scene like actually like pulled the carpet out because like there's there's stuff that it's like when I was thinking back about it, there's stuff that kind of like plants that there. That there's something going on with the daughter, but it, it it very naturally just comes off like it's, you know, like it's trauma of, of having lost a daughter. And then to reveal that, like, this girl was not their daughter. They knew her for, like, maybe, like, a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. But that they both feel such immense guilt for failing to protect her. And that that is why they have the witch's curse on them, because the thing that they stole wasn't, like, something from their home country. It was that they stole another person and then that person died it's so it's so much it's it's an amazing twist it's it's like it changes just it it utterly flips the movie on its head uh and creates just creates such a immense depth to it and just the way that they did it through the sort of flashback of uh because you feel you you kind of like feel their relief when 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 they are kind of traveling through this like weird sort of is it real isn't it real kind of dreamlike timeline uh kind of dreamscape of like south sudan uh because they they're they're kind of going through these like beautiful sunny sunny villages and and these very like sunny classrooms uh and then for that to like for that to provide this like really strong backbone of the film and this really strong like context of trauma and of and of like difficulty and uh you know strife uh is just a, a an amazing way to go about it 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 also like really echoes the scene earlier when um real is being asked like by a by a doctor who's essentially just like you know like giving her like her medical records giving her a checkup and the doctor is like, oh, like, I like your necklace. And she's like, oh, it was it was Nyak. Uh, Nyak's, I think, is what the girl's name uh, was. Nyagak. Nyagak. Um, and they're like, oh, is that your daughter? We should have a checkup. And she doesn't really acknowledge it at first. And then she explains about how she has these two different scar, like, um, like, I don't know if it's called scarification, but essentially like, like, mar- like, like markings. And she says that they represent the two tribes in her country that are currently at war and that she had one when she was born she was given one when she was born and the other one she put on herself after her family was slaughtered and she has this line about like i survived by belonging to nobody Mm -hmm. and then she says 
she died. We lost her. That is why, like that. That's why I didn't respond when you asked, like, oh, we should bring her in for a checkup as well. Um, and so it echoes that where it's like she, you know, much as she had to like be uh, uh, survive by belonging to no tribe, she's trying to deal with the fact that she had to survive by essentially sacrificing someone else's daughter. Yeah, yeah, she's. I mean, like it's it's this really tragic thing where she's kind of uh, imparting her own worldview on this. Uh, kind of unsuspecting girl as much as as much as bull was definitely the um kind of instigator in uh bringing bringing nyagak along uh it's real has kind of like a similar worldview where like you know sometimes you just have to uproot yourself from the things that you're from and from the things that are kind of important to your existence and your upbringing to uh fucking survive and to like make and make it another day in the world you know yeah and it, it uh, she's I, I, I made it as like this is like very much so like it feels very within that spirit of like the House of Psychotic Women book where it's like this idea of just like doing literally anything to survive because her brain is just in like pure survival mode, especially like even 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 in the scene with like the, the classroom full of these people whom she loves and cares about, like the revelation that she literally only survived by hiding in a cabinet that had enough room for one person, which meant that she had to watch these people she loves and care about get murdered so that she could live yeah it's fucked it's it's so it's so fucked up but it's such a great character psychiatry to give and it does it so much like more effectively and it gives you like so many of these like small moments that reveal how long she's had to like live this philosophy in order to survive that i think is like makes it a lot why it makes it so much more effective than in say like like other films where those kinds of reveals are made, but it's revealed as like, this is the thing they had to do like once. And that's yeah. not to like shit on that. Cause like, you know, that, that, that sort of survivor's guilt and trauma will fuck you up, but it, it makes for like a much more, uh, atypical presentation of that kind of protagonist to, for it to essentially be revealed over and over that like, she has essentially lived the past few years of her life, making the worst possible sacrifices. And like, just, mentally destructive like choices in order to continue living another day and how yeah. that how that comes to the central conflict of like why she seems so willing to accept the night witch killing her husband is because to her it's like that is the only choice i have to like not die right yeah and yeah so uh it's kind of interesting how you see a lot of kind of ghosts throughout the movie which the movie the movie kind of does this weird sort of double tiered kind of reveal where like it, it slowly reveals like more and more ghosts that they're they're kind of being haunted more more than just by Nyagak, uh additionally by the ghosts of like the other people on the boat with them that drowned. Uh so me and Jay were kind of talking before we recorded that like, oh yeah, no. Doesn't the movie kind of reveal the monsters like really, really early? But then I realized that I I had forgotten about the actual Night Witch, like at the end of the film, uh, which was like the weird sort of bald, like monster thing that was like sticking its hand all the way into uh, uh, bulls like wounds and stuff. Another another great uh, visceral horse. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no, yeah. Like getting getting like under his skin in a very very like literal sense is is just literally really, really gross literally taking over his body by like climbing underneath him in the same way it's been living in the walls 
Yeah, yeah. Just taking complete control of him, which mm, makes mm. you makes one perhaps think about what trauma can do to an individual. But I, yeah, I don't know. Like the movie just has so many. It just has so many different things to reveal as it goes on. It's just really well paced, and uh, I the fact that I kind of the fact that I kind of mentally sanded over the the like actual night witch as like part of the sort of part of the sort of like collective of other things that they're being haunted by um i think is kind of a compliment to it like i i don't necessarily think that the design of the monster is like trying to be scary in and of itself as much as it's just trying to be kind of the mouthpiece for for like their for the sort of uh like where their trauma is kind of leading to i guess i do i am curious if the like what the restrictions that they were put on them, like how common those restrictions are. Mm. Cause like I... if I have this right, they they were put on essentially an allowance of like ninety-eight bucks a week. Which mm. is like like are our bills included in that? Cause like I get that the housing is free, but like what what is that money like what are they having to use that money like or besides, I assume, groceries. Because there's also a line where it's like, oh, you're not allowed to work for any extra money. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, It's so weird to, like, not allow them to get jobs. Like, that That just seems weird, weird to me. Like, I, I, I can, I can kind of see if maybe it's, like, a weird, like, weird thing where it's like, oh, well, it's like, it's like a series of rules that were developed to try to, like, keep exploitation low but it feels like it's just like like i said like it puts them in a position where it's like okay well they can't work they can't have people over like what what do you want them to do to assimilate if like the goal yeah. is to get them to like acclimate and assimilate again <laughs> in the uk because it's like yeah you're kind of taking away like some of the main ways people meet people and are like introduced into society <laughs> oh my god yeah, like assimilate with what? An empty fucking room? Yeah, like assim- like oh, hang out with your neighbors. It's like, oh, okay. We can't have it's like, <laughs> hey neighbors, we can't have you over. <laughs> <laughs> hang out with your weird neighbors who are constantly making weird looks at you from their fucking windows. Um I I, I also like the, the recurring bit of people being like, their place is bigger than my place, and it's like, yeah, and it looks like shit. Like what do you like? <laughs> Their place is bigger than your place, and also it is infested with roaches and uh, ghosts. Just ghosts. <laughs> uh, I, I did like the the payoff of the line where Mark is like, "Oh yeah, normally they'll have you in a place half this size with like twice as many, like with like a bunch of other people." But I guess you guys lucked out. And then at the end of the film, we see their house full, essentially, of the ghosts of everyone that they like, uh, basically brought with them as ghosts. Like I yeah. thought that was like a like a really cool like setup payoff like setup with a line payoff of a visual kind of scene. Yeah, absolutely. Um the ending felt really powerful to me. I mean <clears throat> the director kind of explained it as uh kind of something that I I I said before where it's basically like their first step towards healing uh and you know and and dealing with uh the trauma and like accepting uh the trauma for sure. Yeah, yeah, like uh, essentially accepting, accepting, sur- like resolving their survivor's guilt of like we're always going to be to some extent haunted by and living with the ghosts of like everyone we tried to come with who couldn't make it, and basically acknowledging that like there is no way to like 
turn back the clock and bring those people back to life. Even like the, yeah. the representation of like trauma creating these like like these controlling obsessive ways that he treats his wife. Like he, the the film does such a good job of just like placing like why do people who've experienced in manage un, unimaginable trauma uh how do they usually react to that? Not very well. <laughs> <laughs> yup. They yeah. And doing all that within the Typically, context of a very good, very straightforward ghost story. Little ghost story. Yeah. 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 Just a fucking strong film. Very strong, strong entry of the, uh, you know, cadre of recent horror movies. Uh, yeah, probably one of my one of my favorite horror movies possibly ever. Who, you know, it's really fucking good. Please watch it if you've listened this far and haven't. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what else the uh, the director does too because his I think this is his like debut film. I was like looking him up and I couldn't find anything else he's done. Yeah, I literally uh, don't Remy know. Weeks. Let me see like, if he's worked on anything before this. Uh, it says he directed some like shorts and like a mini series, but like one episode of that mini series. Hmm. I mean, probably damn good. Probably a damn good episode and a damn good short if he's able to just like hop onto you know a kind of major like Netflix feature project for sure. From from what I was seeing, it looks like uh Netflix just picked up distribution. It's a, I don't know if they necessarily produced it because uh, oh, okay. the film yeah. had been the film had debuted at Sundance at the start of the year, and Netflix just got it for distribution there. It's it's mm-hmm. really weird that we're now at the point where it's like Netflix is like able to just go to festivals and buy movies for distribution. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of uh it's it's a bit of a switch from from how things used to be. Um but yeah, you're right. The the production companies, there's a lot of there's a lot of production companies that uh were involved. Apparently the Weinstein company would try to like sue uh Starchild, which is one of the production companies, um due to some distribution agreement stuff, but I I think that they I think that they backed out of that. Um, so now the Weinstein name is, is nowhere near this, this film. Oh, thank God. We're all the better for it. Oh man. I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at some of his like stuff that he has on Vimeo. Uh, and I'm very excited to see what other horror films he makes because he has a really good visual design. Uh, let me, let me send you this one. Maybe you can put it up on screen because it's only like 20 seconds long, but it's called seaweed and it's just a lo-fi video experimental short is what it's called that he did like 10 years ago. And it's Mm. just really good. Like, oh, that's like a really good understanding of like an unsettling imagery. (laughs) He also has this little, little short called the tickle monster. And that just ends with a shot of like a really good monster design. This is, this is. I'm getting like very similar to like almost like Del Toro's like early horror vibes with like the way this guy understands like just good visual design. Remy Weeks, keep it gonna gonna keep my eye out for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your your shit fucking rules, dude. This movie rules. It's so fucking good. Thank you all for joining us to 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 gab about his house. Um, uh, what what if it was called? Uh, her house and it was for the ladies <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah 
his house in the middle of, of our the street. street. What's hey, up, bro? Uh, they should have had that song in the movie. They yeah. kind of fucked up. I don't know. I don't know. It seems kind of fucked up. Well, they're, they're in Britain. Licensing is weird there. We got a Patreon. You want to support us on Patreon? We got a fucking Patreon. We got a Discord. Uh, patrons get a exclusive Discord channel that they can hang out in. Yeah, uh, and, and for the $5 tier, they also get an exclusive episode every month where we talk about an older film that they vote on. Mm-hmm. This month, we talked about The Virgin Suicides, um, the Sofia Coppola debut film. And next month, we're going to be leaving it up to our patrons to vote on a time travel movie that we're going to check out and talk about. Yeah. It'll be fun. And if you don't want to find little movie book club, if you don't want to support us on Patreon, which reasonable, it is very uh, not a great time for money. Uh, <laughs> you can also join us, uh, like I said, on Discord. Yeah, come hang out. Come hang out. Come hang, come out. hang out. Come hang out. Come chat. Come shoot the shit. Yeah, we're gonna check out more movies, do more, do more stuff. Uh, having. Lots of fun time laughs, good time, fun, and more, and movies, and I like movies, and movies are fun. Movies are pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Uh, Uh, I am Baru. I am Jay Bearhat, currently banned from Twitter, but we'll see. (laughs) Banned, silenced. I'll be back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, hopefully by the time you hear this, it'll be resolved. but we will try to unsilence Jay Bear Hat. Um, but yeah, thank you for joining. Thank you for his house. Yay. Bye. Bye.